the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus implied that John the Baptist was Elijah. John the Baptist said he was not Elijah. This would seem like the Bible is contradicting itself, wouldn't it? You'll find that seeming contradiction many places within the Bible, and you hear about a few of those at this time of year. We'll have more on that subject as we bring you another edition of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I look at this time each day as a moment to take a short devotional break. I hope you feel the same way. If you'd like to know more about us, check us out on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And now, starting a new message in this series in the book of John, here's Pastor Layton. Last week, we reintroduced, remember earlier this year, we did six sermons in depth on the first 18 verses called the prologue, and then we kind of summarized it last week so he could relaunch our study. And we were reminded that relationship, such as a friendship, for instance, requires two things. It requires mutual interest. Both parties need to be interested in developing the relationship. If only one does, it's not going to happen. And then there needs to be self-revelation. And we find that God wants to have a relationship with us. He has made that known. He's expressed that through His Word, through the prophets, through Jesus Christ ultimately. And He's revealed Himself to us through His Word. God wants to have a relationship with us. And that's the theme of the Gospel of John. Now, with verse 19, the beginning of verse 19, John begins the narrative. He's told us what he intends to do. He's writing the Gospel to demonstrate that Jesus is the mind and the reason, the Word of God coming to earth in human form, and now now he sets forth the narrative. And so from verse 19 and following, he tells us about the first week in the ministry of Jesus Christ. On the first day, there's a delegation that comes from Jerusalem uh, to interrogate John the Baptist. On the second day, John the Baptist points to Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. On the third day, uh, John again says, points to Jesus, Behold, the Lamb of God, and a couple of his disciples uh, choose to follow Jesus. And then we're told that uh, those disciples went and got their brothers, and that week culminated with the wedding at Cana. That begins uh, chapter 2. And so from this section, then, the author gives us three different kinds of witnesses as to the uniqueness and the greatness of Jesus. First, John the Baptist. Second, those who became his disciples. And thirdly, his powers as expressed at the wedding in Cana. Now, we're going to begin at verse 19. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? This is the testimony of John. Testimony there is a Greek word, marturia or marturio, which is the word from which we get martyr. And eventually, John the Baptist was indeed martyred because of his testimony. It's a a term that's used in this gospel about 75 times. The delegation that came... To interview him was composed of several kinds of people. There were the priests and the Levites. Now, it was very natural for the priests to be interested in finding out what's going on because 
Um, John was the son of Zechariah, and Zechariah was a priest. Now, in Judaism, the only qualification for being a priest was your descent. In other words, if a man was not a descendant of Aaron, then nothing could make him a priest. And if he was a descendant of Aaron, then nothing could stop him from being a priest. It was all dependent on your descendancy. And John the Baptist was a conundrum because he acted like a prophet, but he was the son of a priest. He was born of a priestly lineage. Now, in scriptures, men of God might be one or the other, but very rare were they both. And so this created a question, how how do you categorize John? You know, he's born a priest, but he acts like a prophet. And I think that was what was behind the question, who are you? I don't think it was a question as to what's your name, but, but what's your function? What are you all about? There were, in that delegation were also Pharisees and, and possibly the Sanhedrin. And one of the functions of the Sanhedrin was to deal with any person who was suspected of being a false prophet. And John was having people by the hundreds, maybe the thousands and more, coming to him. And the Sanhedrin would have had a duty then to check up and see if he was a false prophet. Now, we don't read about this delegation in the other Gospels, but it's plain enough that John's ministry was very, very popular. Matthew says people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan. Now, we're talking about a lot of miles here, 20, 30 miles plus. People in that day walked by foot out into the middle of the wilderness to hear John's message. And uh, the authorities could not ignore such a religious movement uh, because the, the Jews in very high places were very sensitive to any possibility that something might result in a civic disorder and lead to trouble with the Romans. Just a few, uh, the, just a few years before, they'd had such a situation. Somebody came as a, as a false prophet and, and created a problem with the Romans. And, and a few years after, the same situation occurred. In fact, uh, you might have heard of Masada. Now, the word here... The inquisitors came from the Jews. The word Jews occurs 75 times in this gospel, and it's almost always in reference to the opposition. These are people who rejected Jesus. They were against Jesus. And so he sets early in this gospel the stage of opposition with the message of Jesus. The gospel has two things to it. It is an exhibition of God in Christ Jesus And it's also the story of the rejection of Christ Jesus, the story of God's offer, man's rejection, refusal, the story of God's love, man's sin, the story of Jesus' invitation, and man's rejection. Now, the author here uses this phrase, the Jews, to denote people who were hostile to Jesus. It does not denote the entire nation. Now, that's important for us to understand And it should be obvious, because the author of this gospel is Jewish. So he says the Jews, he's not talking about himself, all of the apostles were Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. All of the first converts were Jewish. So it's important to differentiate the use of the term here in this gospel from its common usage. In this gospel, the term the Jews usually speaks of people who have rejected Jesus, not the entire nation. And many crimes have been committed against Jewish people by those who call themselves Christians because they misunderstand or are ignorant of Scriptures. 
Now, this delegation came, and they thought that John the Baptist might be one of three, one of three things. They, they thought he might be the Messiah. Now, the Messiah is the word in Jewish. If you were to translate it into Greek, it would be the word Christ. Messiah is the Christ. If you were to translate it into our language, in English, it would mean anointed. So Jesus was given his name by the angel. The name Jesus means Savior, for he shall save his people from their sin. And so Christ Jesus means anointed Savior, the Savior that is anointed by God. So Messiah, Christ, anointed, all the same word. They asked him if he might be the Messiah. Now, people had different ideas of who the Messiah might be. Some thought that he was here to bring peace on earth. Others that he would bring a reign of righteousness. Others that he would be a a great military leader. Others that he would be a supernatural figure that came from God. Others that he would be a prince who arose from the line of David. And there were a lot of messianic pretenders. And the time was very, very uh, excited. And so they asked him, are you the Messiah? Who are you? And he said, I am not the Christ. In fact, he was emphatic about it. He said it three different times. I am not, I am not, I am not the Christ. And then the delegation asked him, are you Elijah? And it's based on a prophecy that's found in Malachi 3.1 and 4.5. Let me read for you Malachi 4.5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Okay, so that's, the, that's one of the prophecies. And so uh, built, based on that prophecy, many Jewish people expected that Elijah would return in bodily form before the Messiah came, and and even today, many of them leave a seat empty at the Passover celebration in expectation that someday Elijah is going to come and sit at their table. Now, as to the question, was he Elijah? John said, I am not. At least, not in the literal sense, the sense in which his questioners meant it. He was not the Elijah who was taken up in the whirlwind in 2 Peter's chapter or 2 Kings chapter 2 yet there was a sense in which John was Elijah which Jesus explained to his disciples in Matthew 17 then the disciples asked him why do the teachers of the religious law insist that Elijah must return before the messiah comes and Jesus replied Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready but i tell you Elijah is already come But he wasn't recognized, and they chose to abuse him. And in the same way, they will also make the Son of Man suffer. Then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. So Jesus implied that John the Baptist was Elijah. John the Baptist said he was not Elijah. This would seem like the Bible is contradicting itself, wouldn't it? And this might be something that people who are skeptical about the Bible might use on you to say, see, it's not infallible. It even contradicts itself. So how do we respond to such an inquiry? Well, let me explain a concept, biblical concept. Babylon 
the creation of the Babylon, Babel, is recorded for us in Genesis chapter 10. It was a, an ancient city. It is disappeared. It's gone into history somewhere. It doesn't exist today. And yet, the book of Revelation, which tells about things that are yet to come, or maybe happening right now, speaks of a Babylon that is coming under God's judgment. Now, the Babylon of Revelation is not literally the Babylon of Genesis. Hmm, and where will we go from there? What additional information does Pastor Layton have to share with us about that? Well, you'll find out tomorrow. You can do a bit of homework, perhaps, uh, before we come back at this same time right here on this station with our next edition, our Tuesday edition of Study Verse by Verse. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and you can find out additional details about the church, especially exactly what's happening on Sundays these days when you go to the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. I know some of you find it a bit easier to make a phone call, and that number is 650-873-4095. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us today. Come back tomorrow. Have a blessed rest of your day. In the meantime, we'll be back to help you study verse by verse.